1: A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. The community of believers was of one mind and heart, and no one claimed that any of his possessions were his own. But they had held everything in common. With great power, the apostles bore witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great favor was accorded to all of them. There was no needy person among them, for those who owned property or houses would sell them, bring the proceeds of the sale, and put them at the feet of the apostles. They were distributed to each according to his need. The word of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for his good, His love is everlasting. A reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is begotten by God, and everyone who loves the Father loves also the one begotten by him. In this way we know that we are the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whoever is begotten by God conquers the world, and the victory that conquers the world is our faith. Who indeed is the victor over the world? but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came through water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by water alone, but by water and blood. The Spirit is the one that testifies, and the Spirit is truth. The word of the Lord. Lord be with you, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst. He said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw it was the Lord. Jesus again said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whose sins you retain, they are retained. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered him and said, My Lord and my God. Jesus said, You have come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some say that he out shopping. We don't know where he was. The night of the resurrection, that's when this takes place, this Gospel. But the disciples were still there, locked up, out of fear. And God does him a favor. In some way, Didymus, the twin, serves a purpose for us. He's the other side of us, in a sense, who search to believe. Now, we hear this story every year. And I think, as people, there are momentary doubts in our hearts hearts and minds. We come to church because we believe it, and then we're confronted by the world, and we want to ask, where is this Jesus when we need him the most? So that's the doubting side of all of us. The positive side of Thomas is when he makes his declaration of faith. It's interesting because the phrases that John puts in his mouth, or he even said, are my Lord and my God, Deum Domini. That was the name of the emperor. Everyone in the Roman Empire had to adore and have allegiance to the Lord God emperor. So we have a little political intrigue going here. We have revelation going here. And we have future pacing for us going here. All combined on that night of the resurrection when he wasn't there and then the following week, like tonight. Tonight is when this happens, a week after Easter. Where two or three are gathered in his name. Jesus told us that years before this, he would be with us. He's talking about those of us who believe in him even though we were not eyewitnesses to the event of the resurrection or his appearance in the upper room. That's us. Jesus is talking about us. Well in advance of the 21st century. He wanted us to know, so he reveals to the Holy Spirit, to John the Evangelist, in whose name the scripture is written, That he needs to put in things in that gospel setting that will appeal to us and speak to us in the 21st century. Things like, you're blessed too, even though you haven't been an eyewitness. Things like, Didymus represents us. Some of us believe, some of us don't believe, sometimes we believe more than others. And Jesus is still appealing to us to be members of his body. And the, and the revelation that comes from this gospel is that Jesus is the Christ. And he's available to us whenever we seek him. And whenever we touch him. He talks about us. Blessed are you out here, here in St. John's. When you hear this and have faith, Think about Jesus speaking to every one of us and calling us by name and saying, listen, thank you for being there at the celebration of Mass in 2021 because you believe that this happened even though you weren't there. Your testimony is apostolic based on the transmission of the apostles. You've heard As a church, we have four pillars, one holy, catholic, and apostolic. That apostolic piece is referred to here. As the message gets passed on, now what is the message? I think the message here would be, it would be great to touch Jesus. Well, in a few moments, the Eucharist will be placed on our hands, and we will literally touch the sacramental Jesus, a way that he decides to stay with us and be with us. But another way in which we touch Jesus is described to us in the Acts of the Apostles, that first reading. Now, that reading comes from the Acts of the Apostles, written well after the resurrection, well after the church had really started understanding who it was and who they were, the members were, and and what we have to do to live out the message of Jesus. And that picture of the Acts of the Apostles paints a picture of instruction. It's not necessarily history. Although it's written, the community of believers was of one heart and mind, it sounds like a great way to reminisce, to go back into the past and say, oh, wasn't that nice? They all got along and they all, sold their possessions and took care of the needy. Well, no, that's not what happened. When the, Jesus first resurrected and he filled them with the Holy Spirit, they didn't know what to do yet. They did it by Holy Spirit's inspiration. And that inspiration caused these things. No one among us should be hungry or needy. No one among us should have a need that the rest of us can't automatically take care of. And you know as well as I do that the institution in the world that has taken that very seriously is the Church, the Catholic Church. We have given donations and food and housing to all of the various arms of the Church to more people in history than any other institution. So on a grand scale, we're living this out because Jesus, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is giving us this this almost constitution. We, the community of believers, should be of one mind and heart, and none of us greedy enough to declare that this is mine and not yours. And without any greed, we come and place our donations here. And we, through this, we take care. Well, I not announced it before Mass. One of the donations you'll be making tonight, one of the collections, is for to keep this building open. And this is not a, a plug for bigger donations, but it's what we do. We give a donation so that, that those doors can remain open morning till night. And I think it was very insightful of our pastor, Father Richard, to put glass doors there so people going by can look at this beauty. And you don't see it, but I see it. People going by, signing themselves, some stopping, staring, some coming in. Why? And there's one coming in right now. Because we are a community of believers and our doors are open. And you and I put up what is needed to keep those doors open, to be a welcoming community. When Father and, and the other ministers of the church and, and the, those who serve the church hear of hunger, hear of a need, you, you may not know the details, but those needs are met. No one is, ever leaves here hungry. This is not only our parish, This is the church universal. And that universal image of the church is simply given to us in the fourth fourth chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, that the community, you and I, are of one heart and one mind. And we claim nothing for ourselves. Now, we all have homes or places of residence. We own our shoes, our cars. We know all that. The the extreme example is still a beautiful example. And what do we do? We give a part of what we own to the church to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked. And there are still many in our world that are hungry. And the needs are still being met. When you hear a flood in Texas or, or an earthquake on the islands, what do we do? Christian charity, Catholic charities catholic relief and i don't have to name all the other organizations go and meet the needs of your sisters and brothers whom you don't even know see we get that mandate from this kind of a gospel the gospel that celebrates the acts of the apostles and what happened in that early church the early apostles never imagined this kind of a building to gather in they gathered in homes Domestic churches, we call them. Until the 4th century, there's no buildings that was going to be designated as a church. They were Jews. They went to the temple. And then on Sunday, they gathered in homes to do what you and I are doing now. So these Gospels and these stories of Easter are so powerful because they are our roots. And they are meant to reveal who we are worshiping, Jesus the Christ, the Lord God, not Caesar, not the president, not the Pope, not the Cardinal. No, Jesus, the Lord God, that's why we're here. And now on a personal level, Jesus comes to every one of us and and we wanna see Jesus. Well, look around, here he is. And I say Jesus Christ, because when we were baptized, we were made one in his body You want to see Jesus? Look to your right, look to your left, look back, look front, look on the street. And how we treat each other, when we're in church, I guess we're a little more polite, a little more pleasant to each other, but we should be that way always. We represent Jesus the Christ. When people see us, and we might wear a medallion or a cross or a ring or something that indicates that we are Catholic, that's a sign that we've got to follow up. Wearing a cross is not enough. Having the attitude of Jesus Christ in our hearts starts the process. And and John makes it very clear that the the book of Acts is usually attributed attributed to Luke, the second part of his two-part book. First is Luke, the Gospel, and then Acts of the Apostles. And John... In tonight's readings, gets very personal with us. You want to know God? Love Jesus. And when you love Jesus, you're loving God. The revelation of the unity of Father, Son, and Spirit. And any one of us who loves God is loved by Jesus in return. And his commandment is our mandate. And he gives a little, uh, a little aside. His commandments are not burdensome. Well, you know the commandments. The commandment is love yourself, your neighbor, and God. That's the commandment. And we can certainly do that with each other here in church. And we can certainly are mandated to do that with each other outside. And not only to Catholics. It would be great, all uh, Catholics. We're of one heart and one mind all the time, but we're people, so we have a diverse attitude in, in our society. But the mandate to love is not limited to Christians. The mandate to love is like following Jesus. Who did he love? Anyone who crossed his path. I mean, he, from the top of society right to the bottom, they were all potential sisters and brothers that he loved. The prostitute, the beggar, the leper, the diseased person, the person on the outskirts and margins of society, they were there for him to love. This is what we're called to do. As we vote, as we shop, as we look at one another in the stores, as we deal with our families and friends, we're made in the image of God, and we can say, my Lord and my God. And as we say that, Jesus is looking at every one of us, I'm sure, with a happy face, saying, Good, I'm glad you regard this girl, that man, that other person as your sister and brothers, because we are together, and together we can say, My Lord and my God. You want to see Jesus? Look around. On your way home tonight, look, look from your cars or your, under your umbrellas. Look around. You'll see Jesus. Jesus. And then, of course, the mandate is, what do we do? How do we treat Jesus? I guess the bottom line should start with respect. And then the charity that follows that is important, too. And we can't be unrealistic. This is the 21st century. We have to be charitable with with a brain. That's why sometimes it's easy to, to put our charity into an institution that serves the poor and the hungry and the homeless. Because on the streets, it's not always safe. I'm not telling you what to do, what not to do, but we have that as a mandate in our conscious minds. This is the 21st century. And we are in a great big city that's beautiful, that has so many people and so, so many cultures. And they were all our brothers and sisters. You want to see Jesus? Leave church with open eyes. And together, we can say to our neighbors, as we leave here, my Lord and my God, this is my family. This is the church. And they're not all Catholic, but it's still the body of Christ.